The following podcast features discussions of an adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting edition of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. I am your favorite Gunkle Forest. And I am your favorite Pink Princess, Lauren Victoria. Girl, it has been I know. some time. Ugh. How have you been, babe? I've been really good. I started a new job where I get to be a pretty princess all day long. So, you know, fulfilling my life's destiny. Um, yes. But I've been so sad that I've missed out on some really great guests. Yeah. So, um, what? by the way, if you have not seen what she looks like as a beautiful, pretty <laughs> princess, the princess that she is, um, please go and visit her Instagram. It is really great. And I think it would be one of the definitely missed opportunities to <laughs> not get to, you know, to miss out. So um, I actually wanted to get your your thoughts on how the last episode went and some of the conversations that we had. So let's actually start with the little mini story we had before we had Nick, which was um, how I spotted uh, a little th- a thicker, thicker man's <laughs> getting railed in a shower and all here for it. What did what did you think about that? Okay, after so listening to it and then after seeing it because I because you showed me the video, um, mm-hmm. we needed to find this individual and we needed to find him yes. fast. I yes. am if so you, proud of your detective if, work. Um, <laughs> thank you, Twitter. Thank you, Twitter. I'm here for oh it. Oh my god, Twitter! I want the whole video. Yeah, right. I, I do too. So what's funny is since starting this podcast, I literally have moved into like legit paying for porn. Dang. So um, so because of David, David Romero's uh, recommendation of going on to ABN, mm-hmm. um, there's another site called um, Hot Movies that you can buy. You don't have to buy the full video or movie. You can buy like like individual scenes if you wanted them, which I think is really I like nice. That a lot. So, so I've been doing that a lot. Um, there are some instances where I do have to buy like a stream for life option, but let's be honest, I'd rather just have the full thing in my my records. But I would, I literally want to um, to pay for this man's this man's smuttery. I'm here <laughs> for it. But the update that I found out. So I can't confirm it, but I'm pretty certain I'm right. And in the video itself, he's got a mole on his lip. I think it's like a mole or something like that. There's a mark on his upper lip and he's got a tattoo on his arm. There is a guy that I spotted on TikTok who, funny enough, happens to have the same (laughs) fucking attributes that I was able to pinpoint. But he was playing dumb a little bit and kind of being like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like... (laughs) Queen, please, queen, fucking please, own <laughs> up to it and be proud. Like honestly, I feel like why play dumb if you're putting it out on the internet already? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's a kind of a weird. I don't know. It's a. It was a weird feeling. I'm like, come on, bitch. Like, I'm just here to say I'm here for the thickness and I'm a power bottom and <laughs> I salute you. I salute you, sir. Game recognizes game. Right? Yes. <laughs> fuck yes. So now, but we got to get to the whole meat and potatoes of the episode. Of course, that was talking to Nick. So what'd you think about talking to Nick? I love him. Right? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, you two have amazing chemistry. So just in case anyone. Future um, husband. Future husband at this point. He is just so delightful. Like I think that word is so silly, but I think it like, it really describes him. He just is so charismatic and so intimate. I think because of, um, all the TikToks that I've seen mm-hmm. with him, being able to sit down on that conversation, it felt like a, like a fly on the wall. It was very intimate, but very uh, genuine, and it was so sweet to listen to him. Also, I'm I'm obsessed with men's pole dancing, because we all think it's like you got to look like this certain skinny, itty-bitty lady uh-huh. up on the pole that's too big for her. And then you see him, and you're like, well, hold on, wait, wait, right? wait. I mean, I've... S- I see what you're doing, and well, I like I saw it. the <laughs> videos of him in... Because he was posting, because obviously I was following his Insta, and he posted photos from the New Year's Eve show he had been talking about. And I was like, Mm -hmm. so here for it. And was like, yes, this is the kind of visibility that we need to see, not just for, because obviously, like, a bigger thing of obviously, like, we we need a lot of women. I totally get it. But we also need guys, especially in female dominated areas like pole dancing. We don't get a lot of guys in pole dancing. And so to like watch him just go, I'm like, fuck yes. I'm like, so here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What else has been going on in your life, Guru? 
Nothing. How sad is that? I can't think of anything. I'm not sleeping with anyone. I'm not doing anything. I'm reading. I'm working. I'm smoking a lot of weed as per usual. Fuck yeah. Um, And that's pretty much it. I'm taking some time to be in a relationship with myself. Good, as you should be. And I see what everyone else is complaining about. It's not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I can feel that. I was actually just telling Lauren a little earlier. I'm going to say it for the whole audience. Uh, And I think think my roommates actually listen to this. I apologize if you're listening to this, but I'm going to whisper now because they're all in this apartment. I did the exact same thing when I was telling Lauren the first time. Um, but there was a night where they all dipped and left because they were playing Pokemon Go. And I may or may not have waited 10 minutes to then bust out the porn, put it in, put it on in the living room and fuck myself on the couch with a Ooh. towel underneath me because I know better. You're a gentleman. You're damn right. And oh my God. <laughs> It was so much fun. It was really great. But I did have to close the blinds in my living room because there's a whole ass um, hotel where people can see. And no, keep them open. Keep them wide uh, open. I think I don't know. I, I There's sometimes like a little bit of an embarrassment when I think when it comes to voyeurism if or exhibitionism mm-hmm. i think like i love watching it it's hot and i'm like and then sometimes i'm like fuck i'm i'm so jealous that i can't you know have the fun with you but it's also <laughs> fun to watch and to touch myself and to totally get into it but i think people watching me is i think a whole other thing that i'm trying to get over i think because i'm so uh-huh. i've been so body conscious and having a little uh, bit of that body dysmorphia has not been helping and so mm-hmm. it's definitely something that I have been nervous of doing, but at the same time, like kind of wanting to do, but you know, here we are. I get that. I, I'm an exhibitionist, so I, I wish I had a little bit more shyness. I love being watched at any time. I don't know where, I don't know where that came from. I wonder where that came from. Got to talk to therapist about that. <laughs> we have to add that to the list of the <laughs> things that we're discussing with said therapist. Right. But you know what? Like this has been like a solid therapy session for me. To like sit and talk out everything is, is I think really nice. So I've been like very <laughs> pumped about that. Something else I want to actually bring up too, because we haven't really discussed this yet because we're still in the beginning phases of this. So Lauren and I, I well, I started and then dragged Lauren along with me. We're both now on Clubhouse. <laughs> So Clubhouse, if you're not familiar with the app, is a drop-in audio chat application where you basically set up a room and you just have conversations and people can just sit in, like sit in the room and listen, or they can hop on stage and converse and share thoughts and have these conversations. It's been, and I have been really enjoying it because I've been able to promote my immersive theater company and myself as an immersive creator and having a business like that has been really nice, but I am in a couple of LGBT centric clubs. They exist. So what I would like to do is I would love to be able to get Lauren and I scheduled to do a conversation that relates directly to on clubhouse to just discuss and to talk and to have fun and about sex and maybe doing like more like a live stream kind of way of doing things. So I I'm here for it. The things that we can do to talk about sex now is really great. I felt like such a senior citizen when you were like, Hey, what do you think about clubhouse? And I was like, do we, are we building a clubhouse? Is that, is that the next step in Mm -hmm. this? this We are building a a sex clubhouse. Sex clubhouse. We'll I put like the it. fuck like benches. We'll put we'll put literally everything <laughs> everywhere. So I'm totally here for that. So on that note, I'm gonna we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break while we get our guest in here ready to go. So we will see you in just a little bit. everyone we are back from our break so um just to give everyone a little bit of uh, clarity of what to expect moving forward within this episode um, lauren did have something that was an emergency that she needed to take care of so she will not be in the rest of the episode but as always i'm very excited when i have my guests especially guests who are pretty prevalent in social media in the way 
that they are spreading information that I think is very important and very valid. So I'm very excited because we have another girl and another woman inside of our show, and I'm very happy. So for this episode, we have the one and only BB Gun. BB Gun, welcome to Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. Ooh! Hi, thanks there. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for coming onto the show. I'm so glad you're the. It's this is super sad to say, and I hate that I'm saying this. You are the second girl that we've had on this show. Hey, I was gonna make a joke back from my childhood. I was gonna be like, first is the worst, second is the best. But then I'm like, wait, no, that's tearing other women down. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally fine. So the reason why I wanted you on our show is because, like, we had Nick last week talking about males in pole dancing, but Maybe. you were actually the very first, one of the first stripper dancers on TikTok that I spotted that I think is spreading a great message and information, like very important, valid information. So thank you for, again, the work that you do. I really yeah. appreciate it. It's interesting because there's there's a ton, like there's so many strippers on TikTok, but I definitely think that um, my account is like the, you, you go to me for the education, I feel mm -hmm. like. No, yes. you, you like you go to other people for the sexy and you go to other people for the the let's you know let's do these poll tutorials and stuff like that but then when you want to be educated about the industry or like you need like like stripper mom advice you come you come to me for it so hell yeah I, i'm probably one of the the better known accounts which is really really interesting mm -hmm. but That's pretty uh, crazy right yeah it's it's weird it, 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 you know, it's, to but I think what's really nice too is having the visibility and saying that this is a community that does exist, that, you know, we, we're just people who are just trying to make a living and this is how we're going to do it and we're going to have fucking fun doing it. Absolutely. And I, and I think actually one of the first TikToks I saw of yours was, I think it was, it was actually your lockers in your old club. Yes. And what was in said lockers and how yeah. girls acquire lockers, which I th find fascinating because most people don't know what is what goes into a, a strip club. It's so it's really fascinating. A lot of people, they 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 automatically assume that it's like a dark, dingy place where everybody hates their life. And, um, you know, people's dads just get sick of them and throw them on the front doorstep. And then you're stuck there for a while. But um, it can actually be a really fucking fun place to work if you've got the right right people in the club and you've got the right people around you and if people take it seriously and they they want to you know have a good healthy environment for the dancers it can be a lot of fun there's a mm. lot of bad in the industry which is you know token for the industry but mm -hmm. uh, it's not the the majority of the time situation and we have a lot of fun doing what we do that's good. So that actually brings me to one of the first major questions I have is what got you into dancing in, for clubs like that? So I am um, a rare humanoid and I, uh, as a teenager, I would stay up really, really late. I have very bad insomnia problems. And mm -hmm. when you stay up really late, what do you do? You watch late night documentaries. And a lot of the late night documentaries that I would watch would be about, you know, taboo subjects mm -hmm. and i remember one documentary i can't remember the name of it but i just remember um it was against stripping and against sex work mm -hmm. but i paid attention to what the actual strippers in that documentary said like i want to do that i don't want to wear pants like I just, <laughs> I just have no pants on like that sounds like fun so i actually kind of as a teenager would always joke about being a stripper you know like yep just wait till i get older and i'm gonna be a stripper just wait like i can't wait like I would pole dance on playgrounds and stop signs. Um, that's how I taught myself how to pole dance was on the stop sign outside of my house when I first started dancing. Wow. But it was really kind of a matter of time thing for me, I feel like. Um, but in regards to what triggered it, um, 2017 was a really bad year for me. Um, it was the year that I overhauled my life. And December 6th of 2017, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I want to be a stripper now. And so I sent in a couple of pictures of myself to the manager. He told me to come in the next day. I had the job. Um, and that was it. And now we're here. <laughs> and here you are with a, even with a massive like TikTok following who all are, have like got your back 110%, which is great. And I, I'm glad that that is the 
the visuals that are being seen or the reception that's being seen. I think that's really great that we're not having this, oh, you're a stripper, you're dirty and like, you know, like cash you off the side, which I think is the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen. You know? Yeah, TikTok is really interesting. It's kind of changed a lot since I joined. I just started posting like this time last year before the second wave of the pandemic, the pandemic hit, you know, it feels like TikTok was for like alt people mm -hmm. it was for people who are kind of off to the side. And then, you know, as the pandemic continued to go further and further and keep going, more and more people downloaded the app. And there's just been so much more like vitriol and hate lately that if I were a new account starting out now, I don't like, I don't know how I would be able to deal with that. Like if I didn't have the hive behind me, yeah. if I didn't have my hivelets behind me, like if I didn't have them <laughs> that like, Hey, like I don't have to fight all these trolls in my comments. Like people are just like, they're just going to stand up for me because I've spent a year educating this wonderful group of people, this wonderful group of human beings. And now there's 778,000 fucking sex work allies out there. Hell yeah. It's that's amazing. It's, 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 it's fascinating. Like watching how accounts grow and what, uh, like what it sparks curiosity in people to want to follow. And it's great. And like, I mean, even my the people that I follow, they're so diverse because it goes from like theater to horror TikTok to drag queens to strippers to sex workers to porn directors. I'm just I'm a fringe I'm a fringe gay. So what motivated you to want to cover your life as a stripper on TikTok? I mean, honestly, when I first got TikTok, it, I think I downloaded the app for the first time in like 2018 and just watched a couple and then I put it away for a while. But then I got bored at work and I was, <laughs> I was bored at night, and I came across this audio and I thought it would be, I was like, oh, that would be funny if I put it to like this situation. Mm -hmm. And so I did it and it, it like did really well. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I ended up gaining like 20,000 followers in like two weeks. Wow. Holy it was, shit. It was crazy. I hit 100,000 followers before May 1st. Wow. And then I had ended up hitting around 300. I ended up hitting 300K, I think, in August. And then in November, I had a video that went like crazy viral. Like it's sitting at like 26 million views right now. Mm -hmm. and that was in with that video. I gained 300,000 followers in two days. Holy shit. Well, you're onto something. <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. I have no idea what makes people want to follow. It's it's fascinating. Most people, I think most people see like, like take for, I'm trying to think of the right way to, to put it in. It was like seeing like strip clubs and strip joints in a movie and mm -hmm. automatically assume that, that there's, you know, it's yeah, mob that the run and up the dancers sleazy. and, you know, you're getting dragged around by your hair. Go dance for him. Yeah. Yeah. So to have someone like you and like strip of yoga, snack mama. You I know, love Lee. Yes. There. Well, I, that's what I loved about snack mama too, was like the fact that that was another role I didn't realize existed. I never realized that like a house mom, I knew about like, you know, sorority moms and like the den moms, like that was great, but I didn't realize strip joints because of snack mama. She was like, it's a dying position the position doesn't really exist anymore and it kind of sucks but maybe she's going to be the one to make it more common mm -hmm. i've made at least some type of positive change on my home club my favorite mm -hmm. club because the owners of my club follow me on tiktok uh -huh. like the the business people of my club they follow me on tiktok my manager i'm pretty sure he follows me on tiktok even though he'll never admit it but um <laughs> uh like i've noticed too that they're trying to make a big change they've you know they spent the last like three months deep cleaning everything and making sure that everything was safe Ooh. and that everything is going to be good to go when we reopen and they're you know they, like i don't not trying to spill the beans here but they're going to be getting rid of a lot of problem dancers good and they, they want like they want to start over with like a lot like a lot of people who like they they want to basically they want to reopen the club and restart it they want it to be better than like it ever revamp it like revamp exactly. it refurb it exactly and um i would be lying if i felt like i didn't make a little bit of that happen yeah see i think well i think that's important too because you know it's always had this 
this idea of being so sleazy and being yep. dirty and like sit somewhere and you're going to catch something when in yep. reality it's just a place to ha- to be entertained, you know, and to pay someone who's got some good skills cool. and worth the money. Yeah. And that's it. That's what it is. And I think that that's smart. Are there. So obviously with the, I think you've you're currently at since I've since I've been following your stuff, you one club closed down that you were at just for just for now. They're going to okay. be reopened. They're going to be reopening once the city um, restrict uh, lifts the hour restriction. Mm-hmm. I was that's my home club. That's the club that I want to be at for my entire dancing career. But I also like too that you also went to a, another club and you even covered that, which I think was even smarter because <laughs> it's like hey, you go from one club that you're so used to and just like so adjusted into going into like a completely new venue where the dynamics are completely different. So what was something that? that kind of that made you nervous about going into a new club like that probably big fish little pond little Mm -hmm. fish pond syndrome you know i'm kind of a a feature at my club like everybody there knows me like Mm -hmm. i'm i walk out on the floor i know everyone i own the room at a new club you're it's not that way you're Mm -hmm. very much like you sit back you let the experience like you let the the like in-house dancers do their thing Mm -hmm. and it's nerve wracking. It's just nerve wracking to go somewhere new with nobody that, you know, and especially in this type of industry, just the etiquette at every individual club is so different. Mm -hmm. So learning the, the etiquette at one club versus another club is, you know, one thing and not, not like messing with somebody unintentionally because your Mm -hmm. etiquette from your home club is different. Like one example I'll give is at my home club, if there's a girl on stage, you do not go up onto that stage. You do not go up to that stage. You do not talk to customers on that stage. You don't go near the customers on that stage unless you're friends and you're like trying to throw money at her or you're with a customer and he's throwing money at her with Mm -hmm. you. And those are kind of the two exceptions. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I let any of my friends come up on my stage and say hi to me. But the second I start talking to one of the customers up there while I'm giving my stage set, no. (laughs) The fuck out of here. Like you can, you can come up there and sit down and tip me. But the second that you try to poach, poach one of these customers while I'm on stage, that's not okay. But at the other club that I went to, girls would just sit with customers at the stage and try to get dances out of them. They just pull them, like pull their chair away from the stage. Wow. And that was just apparently fine there. And I would come off stage and I'd be like, the fuck Becky. (laughs) Everybody like, it's not a big deal. Okay. So then what was another piece of etiquette that was typical in your home club that was different into this new club that you went into the just when it's okay to approach a customer because mm-hmm. at my home club the second they walk in the door they're free game Ooh, but okay. at at the other club like you had to wait until they were seated and had a drink before you could talk to them so oh. there'd be like seven girls standing around like waiting for the the one table in the in the whole joint to get a drink so they could be like <laughs> Oh my God. Oh yeah. Pack of wild ravenous animals. My God. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, you can't blame them. Want to get money. I try so hard to like change the, the attitude about it. Like my club is so like, we are very cooperative. You know, everybody make the bag together. Mm -hmm. Um, Like at least I try to be that way. And the people my friends there try to be that way like my club's Mm -hmm. very welcoming warm open um and yeah it yeah (laughs) so i'm actually curious because i've never i've never actually known like how a dancer operates for a night what is that like like set up time and then actually going out and doing your thing how like what does that look like i mean it kind of depends do i have my kids or don't i Ooh. um Let's see. Well, what differs between the two of them? Uh, the time that I go into work and if I get ready at home or at work. Okay. If I don't, if I get ready at home because there's no distractions. Mm-hmm. So I can just get ready at home, you know, do my thing, go to work. I usually get there about eight. That's mm-hmm. usually when, you know, the shift starts, at least for me. But if I have my kids, you know, they don't go to bed till nine o'clock. So I wait until I put them to bed, read them their bedtime stories, give them their showers, do dinner with them. And then I go to work, throw my makeup on. And I'm probably on the floor by 10, which is a little bit late, but there's, there's, there's kids, you know, you have to kind of work with that. 
super amazing about that. Like they know and they don't care. So, but yeah, basically I just, I'll either do my makeup at home or do my makeup at the club, pick out my outfit, throw my outfit on, um, usually go downstairs, hop on stage, pick out my songs for the night. And then if there's people in the room, I'll try to do a lap and just talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. If there's in the room, I'll either go stretch or go sit out on the patio, try to catch Pokemon. Um, Who said or- strippers can't be nerds? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So in a given time, like d- wh- how far into like, uh, so let's say if you're out, if you are out on a stage at like, let's say 10 o'clock, how long are you out in the club before you decide to give yourself a break? however long I want okay generally if I'm not making money I'm just sitting somewhere on my phone not even sitting somewhere on my phone but generally like I'm pretty actually I'm pretty I'm a pretty like I'm a busy body I'm a busy bee because Mm -hmm. if I'm not getting dances I'm either taking pictures or promo videos of the other girls to put up on the Instagram Mm -hmm. or I'm taking my Instagram or I'm making TikToks or I'm out on the patio but if there's customers I'm usually on the floor Mm -hmm. until I'm not <laughs> that sounds fine to me. I love that. <laughs> you know, which is, I think, you know, it's kind of keep going. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, when, when it's right for you to step away and say, okay, I need to sit and take a second, which I think is important. So now I'm a little curious. You said you have, you pick your choices of music. What is on like your typical like playlist that you like to I dance have to? A boy, I have a lot of muse. Ooh. Some. Disco, some Arctic Monkeys for the chill moments. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm trying to be basic, I go for Amy Winehouse. Ooh. I'm, you know, trying to be the fucking star of the show. I put on my songs, Know What You Did in the Dark by Fall Out Boy or Centuries by Fall Out Boy because they both have really long, drawn out intros mm-hmm. that are very dramatic. And so it's really fun to like make an entrance to those. If I'm pissed off or somebody made me mad, I go on stage to Supermassive Black Hole by Muse. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it's it. It's a lot of like pop punk and emo rock. Okay. Is there any type of music you would not like? Like country. Blank period. Country. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Never, do not put me on stage to country music. Has anybody tried? No. They put me on baby, or they put me on stage to Baby Shark one time. <laughs> did I, you do it? Yes, of course I did. <laughs> yes. I made, I think it was like 60, 70 bucks on that stage set. There was one group of guys on the tip rail. And my DJ asked me, he's like, what do you want to go on stage? And I was like, ha, throw me up to Baby Shark. And then I was like, just kidding. And then no, he, he fucking did it. He <laughs> fucking And so I, all, like, I had all of the guys sitting on the tip rail take their arms, extend them, and start clapping them together like shark mouths. And they were throwing money at me. It was weird. I bet all the girls were just sitting there going, what the fuck is going on? That's, that's every night with me. That's kind of my MO. Like, I'm the one who brings my Nerf guns to work, and I'll take my little Nerf pistols, and I'll, like, load them up before I go on stage, and I'll put one in each garter, and I'll climb to the top of the pole and, like, lay back, and I'll, like, shoot guys in the dick with it. Ma'am, you got some good aim if you're consistently hitting dudes in the dick. I love that. I'm very, very good at aiming. Good. Uh, that oh. is amazing. <laughs> I love that. So what are some topics that you haven't covered yet about a club that you, like, want to? I would love to talk about some of the girls that I work with. Mm-hmm. But I'm not opening those cans of worms. Yeah, because it because nine times out of ten they'll end up seeing it, and then you have to walk in, and all these girls are just like death glaring you and going. Yeah, I made the mistake when uh, this one girl who I, we just we don't get along. We just mm-hmm. absolutely don't get along. Okay. I wish her no ill will, but mm-hmm. we you know whatever. But we just don't get along, and she actually had bullied me about well not bullied but she had like made fun of me for making tiktoks in the dressing room like when i first started yeah and then like made a tiktok account and i kind of like made a video about it and she reached out to me and she was like hey like i think you're cool like can we not do this and i was like fine (laughs) at least she was amicable um, amicable about it and being like hey you're like totally chill let's not and honestly like I'm probably like I was kind of planning on talking to her about it when we go back to work because mm-hmm. I don't I don't like having ill will and at this point like there's no there's no fucking point. Yeah. 
you're all there to make your money. So it's like at that point, like, you know, just let's go have fun. Let's go make some money and let's just go enjoy ourselves. Simple as that. But I would love to do story times about some of the girls that I work with because there are some interesting characters at my club. Ooh. I can't. I cannot wait to hear them and we will hold. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you could use like some, so there's this one girl, her name was like Luann. No, they'll know. (laughs) Cause I called out the one girl who reaches out to me every few months. Like, and she's like, I hope you got cancer just because she has a problem with me for no fucking reason. This girl has a problem with, she started like telling everybody like a like a year and a half ago, two years ago, that I run a porn site of her nudes, which is absolutely ridiculous. And she will not send anyone a link. I've confronted her about it multiple times to her face. And she's like, well, I'm not saying that you did, but like, if you did, you would tell me, right? And I was like, girl. So she reaches out, like she'll message me on Instagram from fake accounts every few months and be like, I hope you got cancer. I hope your mom is dead. I hate you. And I'm just like, okay. So you're living in her head rent free is basically what's happening. Morgan, (laughs) I have moved in for life. God damn. So something else I want to bring up, and I think this is very important, especially for those of us who are in kind of the sex industry and communities and discussing it, is the conversation about when it is important to call out bullshit. Always. Yes. Call out bullshit. So we're going to use this as an example to have this conversation. So about maybe a couple months ago, there was a TikTok creator who goes by the name of Imperial who had made several claims, one of which included one of her clients' wives or something coming into a club and beating the shit out of her, getting shit on. There and there, So there's a lot of information there that obviously from you and a couple other people, though, we're saying just didn't add up and it didn't make sense. So how did you get in? How did you basically get involved? And why is it important to call out bullshit when that shit happens? Okay, you're going to be the first and only person that I'm going to have this this full discussion with. So this is so ready the coming. So yeah, let's talk about Imperial and her bullshit for a second. We're real fucking honest with it because that situation frustrated me like no other Mm -hmm. basically it's imperial was a creator on tiktok she was like 18 she uh, like turned 18 and uh she had started making stripper work story times back in like march april of i think i think it was last year i think it was actually like february of last year Mm -hmm. because she was she was on strip talk before i was Mm -hmm. like months before i was so she had like really been in it at that point Um, cause she was one of the first strippers that I saw. And so I immediately followed her. And then after like three videos, it felt very much like regurgitated Reddit bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so I unfollowed her. And then in my comment section, I started getting like, well, I would get these all the time. Have you ever, have you ever had anybody throw shit at you? Have you ever had a wife beat you up? Have you ever had um like does your manager like force you to do private like just stupid shit like that Mm -hmm. and it would be like what is this like this sounds so dramatic like Mm -hmm. ridiculous dramatic unbelievable to people in the industry you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah like those of us in the industry this was spewed bullshit like plain and simple yeah and i kind of didn't really choose to say anything about it like for a while because i figured you know hey she's got a fuck ton of followers like i don't feel like stirring the pot but mm-hmm. yeah me and a, a, a few other creators like apparently had been thinking that because after stripper yoga made her video mm-hmm. and got all of the hate in the world i me and a couple of other people of our own accords um made videos basically backing her up and being like yeah like we're also dancers like this seems like bullshit mm-hmm. and i guess mine was pretty loud <laughs> but i got a lot of attention for it i somehow became the fucking like poster child for the quote-unquote anti-imperial movement which wasn't a thing the uh-huh. anti it was not a thing it was the let's be honest and have honest discussions and not lie about things that are highly stigmatized for clout uh-huh. Yeah. It was never anything personal against her. I still don't wish her any ill will. Like she's a human being. I hope she's mm-hmm. doing well, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that she's 
you know, no longer lying about this stuff. I'm glad she's no longer lying about my industry. But she basically got called out and somebody actually hired a private investigator because she had made claims, you know, that like her security, like one of her security guards had gotten shot and she had to like talk to the police that... Uh, she was forced into this by someone at 15 and like she had been like still working at the same club that she was forced into and all of this and like basically you know people started getting worried for her mm-hmm. like after a few uh, like after a few of us kind of like watched a lot of these videos collectively we're like either she's in a very dangerous situation or she's completely fucking lying yeah. and so i reaching out to her like one-on-one, like I messaged her on Instagram and I was like, Hey girl, like, I'm going to be real with you because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, this sounds like bullshit, mm-hmm. but I want to like, I want to make sure that you're safe before I say that. And I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, assuming things. So I yeah. reached out and I was like, like, are you okay? Are you safe? You know, I will fly from Minnesota right now to come get you, like to make sure that you are safe. Like, because that's what I do at my club. Like I, I work with the baby dancers, with the younger girls. Mm-hmm. So that was very like near and dear to my heart. So I offered to go fly out to um, take care of her or to bring her back to Minnesota with me just to make sure that she's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, no, she's fine. Thank you for reaching out. And yeah. And then I was like, could you just do me a favor? And like, can you send me like a picture of you, like in a dressing room or something? I asked her, I'm like, can you like, just so that way to shut us all up. Mm-hmm just to shut us all up. Like, can you provide some type of proof that a dancer would recognize like a money bag mm-hmm. or fucking like text messages between you and another dancer, like something. And yeah. also what people don't realize is um, there are groups, underground online groups for strippers with tens of thousands of us in it. Mm-hmm. And when this started coming out about her, we all collectively in those groups were like, does anybody recognize her? Does anybody know her? Has anybody worked with her? Let me guess. No one, no one no, put two or two together. Nobody knew who she was. That's interesting. But I mean, so that leads to the question is why, why do people feel the need or why do people are like, I should tell these stories to make, to get myself clout and then to effectively damage the reputation of other dancers. Well, her whole thing was she didn't realize, like, and her fans' whole thing is, well, these are just stories. Like, it doesn't negatively affect you. It doesn't negatively harm you guys. Like, it's just stories. And I said, um, it does affect us when I have you guys in my comments all day convinced that I'm getting beat up at work and people are being shot and have shit thrown at their faces. Also, a lot of her audience was minors. These people grow up to become the next doctors, lawyers, lawmakers, policemen, you know, everything. And those jobs all affect sex workers. Those jobs all affect yep. strip. You've seen these stories and you're going to go become a police officer. So the next, the first call you get to like a dancer or some type of sex worker, the first call you get is going to be like, well, huh? like, what'd you expect? Like, that's what happens. Like, what'd you expect? Yeah. Like you're a doctor and your first, your first exposure to strippers were stories like that. You know, you're going to assume that every like club has somebody who's getting fucking beat. Yeah, it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, especially like when I first, like obviously like when I saw your video and Strippy Yoga's video about the whole situation, I was like, uh, that doesn't, I'm like, y'all, like Imperial needs to relax. Cause like, it does definitely put you guys in a bad spot. Like, especially when you think too, like even going back to like porn stars and the people who'd put, who'd work in adult films automatically had this, Everyone had this preconceived notion that they were being forced into it, doing drugs. Mia Khalifa is a beautiful human being and yes. she on all day, every day. Yeah. Because she did porn for like three months. Mm-hmm. That's what stigma does. Mm-hmm. So what do we do to change that? Like what, what steps do we have to continue doing to make, to change that stigma? 
have open, honest conversations, mm -hmm. allow people in the industry to have those conversations, allow the people in the industry to talk about their experiences. Don't talk over us. Don't talk for us. Don't tell us when we have an issue with something that harms our community, that it's trivial because we're sex workers. It's mm -hmm. trivial because we're strippers. It doesn't matter because you're strippers. Your whole existence is a joke because you're strippers. Like we need to be taking dancers seriously when they have mm -hmm. issues. We need to be taking dancers when yeah. they bring up problems that affect our community because we're a valid fucking community and we matter. Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. And it's as simple as that. It's as simple as butting the fuck out and letting us, you know, speak mm -hmm. for ourselves. Yeah. So something else I wanted to bring up too, because this was a more recent one that popped up and I'm kind of curious to get, to get the full scope of it and then obviously your thoughts on it. This thing about pleasers. Yes. What? Okay, so to my understanding... You obviously correct me because I do not wear them. And so <laughs> you do. I will look to you. What I'm gathering is that there are people who are, who will wear the pleasers. Yes. And there are now people saying, if you are not a dancer or you're not in some form of sex work, you should not be wearing them. Am I somewhat correct? I think that everybody's opinion differs. Okay. And I, uh, I know the video that you're referencing mm -hmm. for me personally, mm -hmm. I don't care if you want the aesthetic. Yeah. However, pleaser heels and hella heels, especially those are two brands of heels mm -hmm. are made sturdy enough for performers to wear on stage consistently to beat them up. So they don't have to break heels on stage. So they don't have to replace them every other night. Mm -hmm. um, and when civilians want to wear them just for the aesthetic, which again is totally fine, they end up buying all the six and seven inch pleasers because they're the easiest ones to wear, mm -hmm. thus leaving less options for new dancers or dancers in general or drag queens or like. For the ones who actually need them. Yeah performers like if you want the aesthetic that's fine there are knockoffs i don't give a shit if you want the aesthetic mm -hmm. however it's just really the most frustrating thing to me is when people will buy pleasers and then shit on sex workers like you're gonna yeah. buy you're gonna buy a pair of shoes with um a seductively posed woman on the box and then you're going to sit there and try to separate yourself from sex workers those are the people i don't think should be wearing pleasers to be honest yeah, I agree I with you. I give a shit on if that. you wear pleasers, but if you can't advocate for strippers and sex workers while you wear the pleasers, if you can't like take people's dirty looks that you're going to get for wearing those shoes and be like, "Oh, but I love strippers." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. it's a hypocrisy thing that I think is that I think is very rampant in many different avenues and fronts. That I just think I'm like, it's good that we're keeping that, especially for those of us who are involved in that, keeping that message alive and vocal and saying hey if you're gonna be a dick and you're gonna try to wear this shit the shit that we wear to make money go fuck yourself you know well and my thing is too is like if you are a civilian meaning not a performer mm -hmm. or somebody who needs pleasers for the strength and the sturdiness of them you don't get an opinion yeah like you don't you don't get to tell us that we are overreacting you don't get to tell us that we're wrong. And some strippers may disagree. And they think that by civilians wearing them, they are, you know, advocating for us enough just by wearing them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, no. And like, even being a stripper is a, is a culture. Like It is. It absolutely fucking is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I don't care what anybody says about that. It, it is absolutely a fucking culture. Because <laughs> the amount of trauma bonding. Yeah in this industry and the amount of like just shit that you don't you can't talk about with anybody else mm -hmm. besides other strippers yeah like it is absolutely a culture yeah absolutely so then another question that i have then is what do you see what do you hope what do you wish clubs would do that you don't see as of right now i wish clubs would hire more diverse body types i wish clubs mm -hmm. would hire more diverse women in general Mm -hmm. um, I wish that clubs would start being accepting of maybe trans or non-binary dancers. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a, 
a thing that really needs to happen. You know, it's always women, girls, girls, this girls, this, the girls, strippers, dancers, the girls. Um, Mm. I would love to see clubs be more open and more inclusive Mm -hmm. and use less emotional manipulation tactics. Okay. Okay. I I like that. I like that. Yeah, we definitely, especially because we've been talking to several people who are in the adult film industry too. And one of the comments that, especially for the ones who are of the, of, you know, POC and of those and differing body types is that they wished major studios could see them and realize that like, this is what the typical body looks like. And since the pandemic, everyone's kind of gotten sick of those like cutter like cookie cutter cut like types and thin and it's just it you know and that's why like i I know myself and even lauren have moved to people with normal looking bodies you know and that's what Mm -hmm. we gravitate towards the most but here's another question do you think clubs would ever be willing to hire men as well even if it's just for like maybe a night or two a week do I think that like, do I think that they will or do I think that they should? Should. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you I think so that, now do you think they could or would ever do it? I don't. I think it depends on where. OK. I, I think it'll depend on the location. Like I couldn't see that happening in like Pennsylvania, but I could see mm-hmm. that happening in L.A. You're right about that. You're definitely especially West Hollywood. There's a whole lot of gay and a whole lot of strip clubs catered to men that I would love to see there. <laughs> But like, especially because, you know, seeing as we also had Nick on last week's episode and the fact that, you know, he's one of, you know, very few men who do pole dancing, who I would I would love to see have like a night and like say, hey, I'm not going to get fully naked, but I'll get down to skivvies because like we would again, that's going back to the idea of inclusivity. Like, I'd love to see guys show up and yeah, no, I some cash. I would too. I think that like, like, I think that would be like, honestly, I derive a lot of my stage stuff from male strip routines. Mm. Guy strip routines are always so much better. They're always, <laughs> they're always more thought out. It's always like a character. There's always like some theat- theatricality to it. Like I would love to see that more in strip clubs. Mm. I, would, I would love to see more gender orientations yeah. in strip clubs. I would love to see that. So then my question is, because we were in the pandemic and there's such a divide now because we have to be socially distant, we can't do a lot. If we were to go back to some form of normalcy where a mask is not really, is not mandatory, would there ever be a chance that you could potentially connect with people like Nick and Stripper Yoga and kind of be in one tiny club we have already talked about it. Really? Oh we, my god! Um, a lot of us, oh yeah, a lot of us on TikTok, like a lot of the TikTok dancers, we want to get together and do some type of pop up. If you tell me where, I will throw money. <laughs> I will fucking go. I will that's, go to like, support. That's what we've heard. That's what we've heard. Like I know, um, me in a pro pro row row have talked about it. Stripper yoga, <laughs> Nick, uh, me and Colleen have talked about it. Colleen Ooh. Kepler. Okay. Um, Ooh. we've talked about like, yeah, I would love, I would love it. That'd be good. Especially if you have like enough, because I feel like amongst all of you, you have such a large audience that if you, if you did it right and you went to a place that could, that anybody would be down to descend into, or, you know, even if you're feeling that adventurous and brave being like, we're going to go on a tour and, That's you know, kind of what <laughs> is we'd like do a couple of cities. Ooh, or like go and visit each other's like, you know, places and do that. Like that would be even more fun. I would love to see all the TikTok strippers descend upon my club. I think that would be so fucking funny. And then all the other girls are going, what's happening? You're like, this is us. Sorry, guys. (laughs) That'd be really great. So, okay. So then, oh, something also I just, I find fascinating, especially seeing your videos too, is like, the amenities that are offered in a backstage, like mm-hmm. I've never, I did not like, obviously like I kind of figured that you, there would be showers because you know, if you're putting in the work, you sweating, but mm-hmm. I never realized that there were, were saunas and that was such a big thing. It's very fascinating, but I've also seen that there are some clubs who are just shutting them down. 
Mm-hmm. My club shut down the sauna and the hot tub. Why? Because uh, girls would go in there and they'd hide in the sauna so they didn't have to go on stage. <gasps> then they'd you fire like, them. <laughs> they'd like sit in the sauna and like duck down and then the manager would walk by and he wouldn't see them so they didn't have to go on stage. Oh my God. At that point, you're just like, sorry, girl, you're kind of taking up space. Why? <laughs> you know what hey, I'm it's, saying? It's, I mean, I've definitely been that girl. <laughs> I've definitely been that girl hiding. So, so okay, sometimes so you then, just don't want to go on stage. Uh, so, so then I'll, let me ask this then: what what would be like a reasoning as to why you would want to not go onto a stage? I just got my period. Oh, ooh, I didn't think about that. Oh, like shit. I just got my period, and I don't feel like going on stage right now. Or like maybe like I I personally have like I have like knee and hip issues from dancing. Mm-hmm. So like if that's acting up, I'll hide so I don't have to go on stage. I feel like at that point you just like talk to the owner saying, Hey, here's the deal. Yeah, no, you absolutely can. And I absolutely should. But sometimes when you got half a taco in your hand, you just don't have time. While you're sitting there, hey, so I'm on my period, nom nom. I I, give me some sec. And they're like, Yeah, explain the fucking a lot of emotions, man. There's a lot going on. (laughs) And they're like, Okay, fine, back I'll I'll back away. That okay, um, I actually didn't really think about that. Do girls okay, maybe this is a dumb fucking question, but are there times where girls will come in on a period and and just still go out or how did like does that happen a lot? We, you, we still go on stage when we're on our period. Mm-hmm. All you do is you wrap the string around the tampon and you just like, and nobody can tell the difference. Oh, okay. Interesting. But sometimes when you just get it, you don't, you're not, not quite feeling it. Yeah. Huh. That is fat. Again, I, I'm glad that this conversation's happening because there's, it's, <laughs> because again, it's a, you know, you only see no windowed buildings from like the outside. You don't really know yep. what's going on on the inside. So it's it's yeah. fascinating to learn those types of things. Actually, this is a question I asked Nick and I, I'm fascinated to know your response to it. Gatekeeping. Okay. How often does that happen to you even though you've shown that you have a wealth of knowledge and you've been doing it for some time? What do you mean? Like I, I, I would need an example. So um, like... Like with Nick, I like obviously like looking at his stuff being like, oh, well, you're not a pole dancer because you're a dude or you're too big in that regards of like, oh, you're not doing this thing. Therefore, you're not a a real stripper. Oh, nobody's ever accused me of not being a real stripper because I think most people are afraid of me in Mm -hmm. that regard. (laughs) Um, I've seen you go off on comments, so I would not (laughs) I would not try that. I definitely think people are like. Nobody would ever accuse me of that. Um, I've shown way too much of the dressing room. Um, to prove they, your point. Yeah. Do do they call me ugly every day? Yes. Do they tell me my teeth are awful? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they tell me I am uh, I'm not worthy of being a stripper because I'm ugly? Yes. But uh. I don't like nobody's ever. Um, I don't think I've experienced gatekeeping in in that way so mm-hmm. much. Okay. Um, I, I've mostly experienced. Yeah, not even, not so much gatekeeping. I've mostly been, like, because I gave my opinion on the shoe thing, accused mm. of gatekeeping pleasers. Gatekeeping is kind of like a double-edged sword. Because you have yes. some people who do certain things, you're like, you're more of a hobbyist than a considered yeah. thing. So, in so, is there ever, um, I'm assuming, well, I wouldn't even say that, like, gatekeeping in the terms of, like, imperial, because... Technically, that was a where you did have to keep the gate a little bit because of the information that was being given out just wasn't adding up mm-hmm. at, in that regard. So is so is it fair to say that gatekeeping can sometimes be a good thing or is it or do we always just write it off as a bad thing? I think a lot of people like to write it off as a bad thing, but for people in certain communities, you know, it can sometimes feel like a necessary thing so you don't lose your identity. Mm hmm. I obviously can't speak for any communities other than my own, but mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of frustration in a lot of other communities with people accusing, you know, people within the community of gatekeeping when in reality, they're just trying to keep something. Yeah. Special. Okay. So the, another, another thing that um, also had always sparked 
curiosity in me to ask is um, you have you have children, you have offspring. Yes. So as someone who does strip and have an OnlyFans and produce all this kind of content, what like how does that work all with all of that working together? How do you balance all that work life? I have fifty fifty custody with their dad. Okay. Um, we do everything 50 50. We have a great co-parenting relationship. Um, their dad and my partner both support me mm-hmm. in what I do. So basically on the days that I don't have my kids, I focus on content. Wow. How long and how and how long does it take to produce the content for yourself, whether for like TikTok or only I'm pretty fans? lazy. So it really just depends. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather go to the club and like get naked for money. Um, I don't like producing content because that requires a lot more than my ADHD can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually will do like two or three photo shoots a month and then I'll make like two or three videos a month. Mm. Okay. Um, and then I do like live shows on my OnlyFans and mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I try to do more live content if I can help it because it's just better for me in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're hitting near the end of the hour. Can you believe, Can you believe that? I see. That's oh, why I always love asking with people because we have these great grand conversations. So I really do appreciate that. But we have a lightning round, so I'm okay. going to ask you some questions. Yes, I'm going to give you choices. Okay, and then you don't have to explain if you don't want to, and I'm okay. totally fine with that. I'm down. So my first question is a static pull or a spinning pull. Which one do you prefer? Static. Oh, okay. So let me ask why. Um, I like climbing. Okay. And, and the spinning definitely easier. makes it worse. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and I, what... I also like um, shooting people from the top of the pole. Oh. And that's easier on a oh, static that's pole. True. <laughs> that's true. I was like, I thought it'd be funny if you're on the spinning pole and you just get yourself up there and you start spinning and you just, you know, just like shoot the nerf gun. Oh my God. Okay. One song that like you could dance to for the rest of your life. What would it be? My songs know what you did in the dark by Fall Out Boy. Actually, okay. no, no. Supermassive Black Hole by Muse. Cause it can be like a, a, a you know, a yeah. foil Friday yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The one song, the weirdest song you've ever had to dance to. Baby Shark. <laughs> okay. Besides country, is there another genre that you would not ever dance to? Sarah McLaughlin. Oh. Oh, in the arms of an angel. That would be a weird. Yeah. Someone, if you are on her OnlyFans and she takes custom requests, please request that. Just Send me $100 and I will make a video. <laughs> I that would make... be fascinating to watch. Okay. I will make a video. I'll okay. start off in a dog kennel and I'll like bust out and get on the pole. Oh my God. That is, <laughs> that would be a production. I'm exactly. here for that. Okay. So favorite, co- favorite color to wear? When Black dancing. and yellow. Ooh, oh, like a B, because your B begin. Yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Your least favorite color to wear? Pink. Pink. Oh, int- why pink? I am not a pink person. I'm not soft. <laughs> I can I can see that. I I get that from you. Okay. Ed, you can go anywhere in the United States to go dance. Where would you want to go? Oh fuck. Um World. I'd want to go work at Snack Mama's Club down in New Orleans. Ooh. I love that. Cause you'd be near Bourbon Street too. Yeah, her club is pretty. Oh, I know. It looks so homey. And I just love her. I would love I would love to meet her in person and like just go back and see her club. That would be so beautiful to like take in. Okay. Yeah. The one place you would never want to dance in. Miami. Really? Why Miami? Because they don't like me. <laughs> I don't have a boob or ass for them. Oh so shit. So I wouldn't I wouldn't even put myself through the heartbreak of auditioning. Oh man. And then I think I may have an answer. I think I might know where you may go with this, but I could be totally wrong. So it'll actually be a two-parter. Would you okay. prefer to dance by yourself or dance with a partner on stage? Um, I like doubles. I I like doubles, but as far as money making goes, I prefer to dance by myself. Okay. So then if you got if you did get the chance to do a double with any dancer you wanted, who would it be? Uh Rosie. Okay. Interesting. Inappropro Ro Ro. Ooh. My baby. I love her. I lo- and to what song? What song would you do it to? <sighs> I'd have to see what she would want to dance to. We'd have to work that out. Okay. I love that. So, my dear, I have one final question for you. Yes. Hopefully, t- you take however much time you need for this <laughs> one, because this is this is how we always end our, our interview. 
The question is, what does sex mean to you? What does sex mean to me? To me, sex is a very interesting concept. I think it can be used for good and evil. Mm, Yeah. I feel like sex is a powerful tool. I also think that sex is a powerful way to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it can mean different things to different people. And for me, it can, for me, it's either just like, we're going to do this because this is fun. Mm-hmm. Or I'm using it as some type of tool or communication or something. Because I have a very steady partner that I've had for a long time. And mm-hmm. so for us, it's it's very much a like it's a... It's a comfort thing, a communication thing. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure thing. It's um, it's a distraction sometimes. It's a way to make up. It's just it's different. Mm. It's a it's an amorphous thing that does lots of things. I love that. I I love that answer. So, BB, <laughs> if you'd be so kind, yes. Where can everyone find you? Whore yourself out. Tell um, us how to get my- to you. My website is thebbgun.com. It is two B's, four E's, like the bug butt twice, G-U-N-N, because I'm extra, <laughs> dot com. Um, you can find me on TikTok at thebbgun. You can find me on Instagram at thebbgun. YouTube is just bbgun. I'm everywhere. And again, if you would like to subscribe to any of those platforms, the links as always will be in the show description down below. So thank you guys so much for coming in and enjoying another exciting edition of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. I am your favorite Gunkle Forest. I'm everybody's favorite flying insect, BB Gun. <laughs> and always remember to stay open. Stay curious. And stay, stay coming. coming. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. Have a question or topic suggestion we should cover? Send an email to comingpod at gmail.com. That's C-U-M-M-I-N-G-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Our official Instagram is at coming and other stuff. Come again soon.